Congratulations. Victoria's housing market has rebounded strongly this year. Hammers were falling once again. Buy numbers per auction are actually up on last year. Rates course on hold again at 0.25%. National house prices were still rising. A man's home is his castle and today it goes under the hammer. Welcome to Under the Hammer for Direct Connect. Direct Connect is a free service making moving easy for you. Call them today on 1300 664 715. Yes, and welcome to Under the Hammer, episode 33. We are doing it all thanks to Direct Connect. If your team needs a little support in what has been a very interesting year, talk to Direct Connect. Call them on 1300 664 715 to see how they can help out your business. I am Jane Neild and I am here with Stavros Ambazidis, co-director of O'Brien Real Estate and owner of three O'Brien offices. He's one of the best auctioneers in the state, if not the country, dabbles a little in property investment himself. Stav, welcome to you before I introduce our guest. It's so good to see you in person, not down the end of a Zoom call. It sure is. <laughs> Episode 33 and lockdown V4. So, And we've come out of it quite strong again. Yeah, well, look, we might be a little weak late in dropping this episode because we have a very special guest in the studio with us this week, Ray Ellis, businessman and CEO of the First National Real Estate Network, 400 plus offices throughout Australia, New Zealand, Vanuatu and Numea. And Ray, welcome to you. When I asked you to come on via Zoom last week, you said, Jane, if I have to talk to another person down a computer link, you would possibly, you know, prefer it to be in person. That's just one of the challenges of lockdown, isn't it? So good to see you in person, Ray. Welcome. Thank you. It's a pleasure to be here and to be here for episode 33, the most famous episode. It's a a pleasure. But uh, yes, uh, Zoom is so yesterday and we have to get back to being with people, touching, feeling and talking in person and see human emotions and we're seeing that today. Thank you. Yeah, I had to sort of do the, you know, token elbow bump gesture when I met you. I wanted to give you a very firm handshake. Has that been one of the things that you've really sort of had to adapt to over the last 18 months? As someone, the CEO of a company with, you know, 400 plus branches and members, you know, was it difficult to have to get into the office, go on Zoom instead of flying around the country and talking to people face to face? Exactly. A good question. Stavros knows this as well, one of Melbourne's great auctioneers. The, we're, we're an industry about people talking to people, helping people with their dreams and investments and what they want to do with their lives. And you can only do that by human contact. And it's the strength of any good real estate agent, any good operator, of how they relate to people in their local community. And when that's taken away from us, not just in real estate, in life, we are social creatures. We are driven by a barbecue. We are driven by a Christine. We're driven by a tragedy where our families gather around, all those sorts of things. And when that was taken away from the average Australian for a short time in other states and for 14 months here in Victoria, the consequences are yet to play out. And myself, um, I did many things. Yes, I Zoomed and we had contact and all those sorts of stuff. But my number one priority was to keep in contact with my people, my staff, my family, everybody to make sure. I I think it's too dramatic to say survived, um, but to thrived in the environment when certainty was taken away from us and only clarity was required. Look, uh, one thing, Ray, is that we are wired for connection. And that's, that's one thing about human beings. And we see it with our buyers, we see it with our vendors, and we see it with our people. And when we opened again on Friday, the... Outpour of buyers coming out, Jane, was just sensational. 
How did you find this lockdown with your people uh, more than the other ones? Yeah, how did you feel, even though it was version four, uh, how did your people feel about this one? I think uh, I'm speaking personally now because I was in Western Australia when the lockdown started and then in Sydney, so I missed the first week of it. But obviously I'm in contact with everyone in my family. The sense of deja vu in Melbourne and Victoria here because uh, we're like a separate country at the moment. Um, The rest of the country is enjoying life, as all Australians should do. So I think the, the shroud of why... Why is it only Melbourne? Why is it only Victoria? Is the question that preoccupies everyone's mind. And that's a question for, for another, another podcast. But the, the sense of here we go again, when people were just starting to get back to normal. And then, of course, in Melbourne, the sporting capital of the world, when the football was taken away again, and even people couldn't go back to that, um, they're, they're, they're certainly their lives was disrupted again. And so the the just sort of sense of surrendering about, well, here we go again, and there seems to be no answers immediate, preys on people's minds. And uh, people of my generation, um, we've seen the ups and downs of life. We've seen things rust. We've seen things get old. We've seen businesses collapse. We've had the, the, the circumstances of life exposed to us, so we're able to adapt And my concern now is for the 12-year-old that has had 12 months of schooling disrupted, the 16-year-old who has too much pressure put on them through the world of social media that haven't had the experience to cope with the challenges of life, that their next three weeks, three months, three years, how are they going to cope with that? And uh, I just wish our authorities would pay more attention to that because that's the hidden cost of the environment here in Melbourne. And that's also something that you need to be mindful of. You know, I, I sort of whinge about having to homeschool for another week yeah. and, and how great my company here at SEN has been in adapting to the needs of me as a parent suddenly having to do that. I mean, all of those things that you're talking about, great to hear you empathising with a 12 and a 14-year-old and it's their parents and, and carers who now have to get back to work and keep going whilst now trying to compensate for that huge change in their lives. So that's going to be a challenge for for business owners and their staff, right? It, it, it's a huge challenge because the we have many false heroes in today's world, uh, but the true heroes that have come out of the COVID environment, particularly here in Melbourne and Victoria, are the mums because they were confined to their homes. On most occasions, their husbands were home with them, which is more of a hindrance than a help. Um, they had to homeschool. And for the working mums, they had to work at the same time. So the fact that they went through it, and we had many in our organisation went through the same thing, and they coped and came out of it, they are the true heroes and the true inspiration. And organisations have to pay attention to it. Um, myself, I don't believe working from home has a future um, because really? what you were saying before, mm. we have to connect with each other, yeah. be it around the water cooler, be it the gossip, being the vibe, being it's a learning or whatever. And the fact that many people have become adjusted to working from home, it provides some comforts. You can do things with your rug boots on and a, and a shirt and tie on a Zoom and all those sorts of things. But the reality of how it advances your life and advances your career, it's a no-no. And uh, that will become evident over time. But flexibility of working hours and all those sorts of mm. things and how you cope with it is the requirement to do it. And we've certainly done that in our organisation. We've done that for years, even pre-COVID. But uh, if you think you can build an organisation by people being isolated in their homes, particularly, as you said, Mm. we're wired to connect, 
that's no future. Mm. No. During uh, when, when the announcement was made here in Victoria, I actually went up to the ARIC uh, conference, which is the Australian Real Estate Conference, uh, Jane, and, and we connected with a lot of other Australians in real estate in our industry. And the announcement was made, and even though there was a lot of Victorians that arrived before the announcement was made, there was a line in the sand, and they had to stay, they had to stay in their hotel rooms. They did have to watch uh, Arik really pivoted quickly and put it on all on uh, on on Zoom. But we had to live by the land of the law back in Victoria, mm. even though we were in Queensland. Um, but more than ever, we all had this default um, setting in us, the ones that stay back in Victoria. I found that our people adjusted so quickly, so quickly, because they'd done it before. They'd done the dress rehearsal before. Um, and when the announcement was made on fr- that Friday, we were allowed to go back into the office, 25% of your workforce and only up to 10 people, of course, we nearly had a stampede in the office. And <laughs> what you're saying, Ray, is correct. <laughs> you, you're spot on. Because we had a stampede. We had people saying, no, I don't want to stay home because they're not. they don't feel stimulated. They want to. They want to get dressed up in their suits. The ladies want to get dressed dressed up in their suits, put their makeup up, do their hair. And I heard a statistic that last Friday was the busiest day ever for hairdressers, nail salons, and all sorts because people wanted to feel good again. Correct. And mm. and we actually had a problem that I actually had to work remotely from. Um, the corporate office because I couldn't go back into the office because our people wanted to work in the office. Mm. Did you find that at all when when that was announced? 100%. And, um, you know, the seven deadly sins are true because they are true and sloth is one of those. So I know no requirements that nail salons and hair dresses <laughs> went, went berserk. We all, want to look, we all want to look our best. And, um, yeah, we, we had the same situation. But what, what you were saying about ARIC, we, we had our national convention in Canberra the week before ARIC. We had just under 600 people there. And the desire to meet in the nation's capital, the desire to learn, the desire to be with people. And, of course, we had lots of major events happening during that convention. But the lasting memory I have is so many people were just glad to see so many people again. Mm. And to celebrate the nation's nation's capital, we had our awards at Parliament House, which was sensational. But all those things paled into comparison to just to be, I'm going to steal your phrase, to have Ross Wired to connect. Mm. And that's what last Friday when the lockdown finished, you know, um, we, we abide by all the regulations, as all good businesses should do, but everybody just couldn't wait to come back in to be with their colleagues again. And that's, and that's a great, great thing for society because as we retreated to our own, even pre-COVID, to our own laptop, our own Instagram at 5am in the morning and became you know, keyboard warriors, I think has given us a wake-up call that we need to be back around people and even people we don't like, you know, it'd be, it'd be great to argue with your family again at a family family barbecue, <laughs> I'm sure. <laughs> you are listening to Under the Hammer, of course. We are here thanks to the incredible team at Direct Connect. You can call them on 1300 664 715 to see how they can benefit you and your team. And our guest is Ray Ellis, CEO of the First National Real Estate Network with more than 400 offices throughout Australia, New Zealand, Vanuatu and even Noumea. Now, you mentioned being in Canberra, Ray, and you you uh, also sit on the federal government task force yeah. for the economy. I'm assuming that your phone number yeah. is on the speed dial of some of the most important people in our nation. Have you found that people, perhaps even the treasurer, have been calling you and going, just just tell me what it was yeah. actually like for you guys down in Victoria? It seems like you said there is this sort of not a two-speed economy, but for others in different states, 
really not affected as heavily as Melburnians and Victorians. Do they want your your opinion? Are you giving people this sense of what we've been through? It's a, it's a very good question. I'll try to be brief on it because one of the tragedies of COVID is that we retreated to statehood and that's a tragedy for Australia as a nation. Um, we are a federation model and I understand that, but we are not Queenslanders or West Australians or Victorians. We are Australians and that's one of the tragedies that have come out of it. And people in the inner state... Um, Obviously, they have a great interest in what happens around the country, but their local domain, their patch and their family is what's important to them. So they have a cursory interest in what happens in Melbourne. And once you get past that, their reaction is, why is it only happening down here in Melbourne, Victoria? As I said, that that's a, an answer for another time. But um, Victoria and New South Wales dominate the Australian economy. Um, we're the greatest producers of GDP. And... Um, to have Victoria as a weakened state is, is not a good thing for our economy. Um, we don't dig things out of ground like in, Victor- in Queensland or Western Australia. We actually produce things and productivity is the way forward for the Australian economy. I know that weighs heavily on the, um, the federal government at the moment. And to give an indication, um, these are the latest figures. The Australian GDP at the end of April was 1.1%. Well, 0.9%, almost 90% of that came out of property taxes, which mm. is obviously the boom of, 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 of housing in the, past, in the past 12 months. You know, gov- state government revenues have increased by 60% in Victoria and New South Wales, again on property taxes. So the importance of housing to the economy, we're an $8 trillion industry. There's only three, $3 trillion on the Australian share market and only 2.4 in mining. So the, the dominance of property and property taxes affects it. Victoria is the second biggest state in Australia affects that. Um, there's issues here with the state budget and other rental reforms, which we may have time to go into. But to answer your direct question, the rest of Australia is, is getting on with life. Um, they've made adjustments to their social structures to cope with COVID. And uh, for whatever reason, we haven't followed the norm here in Melbourne, Victoria. That's dragging the, the economy down, not to mention what we already discussed, the psyche of the average Victorian. Mm. But we have seen incredible, incredible movement in the real estate mm. sector. And, you know, obviously there's a lack of supply at the moment, mm-hmm. driving prices up. How do you sort of see that going in the next um, few months, Ray? Do you feel like people are going to go, okay, I think we're nearly there and we're willing to put our house on the market now? Or are we just going to see these crazy prices and the reinvestment in regional and rural Australia just continue? Well, for the, the true addicts of property, they will understand that we're a supply and demand industry. But one of the fundamentals is no one is going to sell their house or their apartment if they can't find something to buy. Yes. And so it's a chicken and egg scenario. And at the moment, days on market, sometimes it's 24 hours. Mm-hmm. Uh, sometimes, it, heaven forbid, it's a week um, <laughs> you know, because that, 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 that's a dem- demand of what, what it is. So we, we are driven by supply and demand. But what, what COVID has done, it has reinforced the value of the family home. Um, that's where we share our success and our failures of life uh, with each other. And during COVID, the big lockdowns here in Melbourne, uh, families did unique things. They actually spoke to each other. They played Scrabble. They argued over Monopoly. Um, they argued over the TV remote control. So they connected again. But that reinforced the value of the family home. 
And so Australians and New Zealanders have always had a passion for property, unique in the world. Um, nowhere in the world is home ownership as high as in the, these two countries. But that's been reinforced, that my home is my castle, to quote that famous movie, um, and my home is now my second office. My home is now where those um, children at 28 have now returned to live with me again. I need extra rooms. And then also, during particularly in Melbourne, during the lockdown, we went crazy with renovations. You had to line up in Bunnings. Uh, my wife has been to every Bunnings in Melbourne over the COVID lockdown to get certain things, and she's loving that. So we renovated our homes. We lived in our homes. We fought and had joy in our homes or whatever. So the value of the Australian home has come back into vogue bigger than before. And then also... Um, the average person didn't spend as much during COVID times. I overseas holidays in Melbourne here, we couldn't go to restaurants and so on. So I can't say this applies to everybody, but most of it had extra cash in our pockets. You know, JobKeeper did a great job on all those sorts of things and protected lots of businesses. So a lot of unique circumstances lined up for our industry. And then you combine that with money is so cheap at the moment now, has been for four or five years, will be for the next two or three years around the margins, all those sorts of things. So people have factored that into the into the equation. That's why we see at auctions for someone to bid another hundred thousand dollars. It's it means nothing. It's another twelve dollars eighty a week or whatever. So all these things are driving prices. Um, but as I said at the start, people are not going to sell until they can buy. That's why they're moving to regional Victoria and regional Australia because they found that. They can work from home there. They can catch the train from Bendigo or Ballarat. Um, the Wi-Fi exists everywhere now. That's why it's called the World Wide Web. Um, and so, and people are making decisions about their lifestyle, what's important to them. And to a lot of people, the 24-hour grind of working hard is not important to them. And that's good. That's their choice and all those sorts of things. So a relaxed lifestyle down at Macedon or Red Hill or Bairnsdale or something suits them. So all these factors have made the average Australian reevaluate what's important in their life, but also reinforce how much property is, because that's how the average Australian makes their wealth. Mm. Make no bones about it. The average landlord is on a median income of about sixty to 65000 and they choose property to make their wealth. So all those factors, again, to answer your question, the strength of the real estate market is going to continue for at least another 12 months. And I have to say this on real estate, now's a good time to buy and now's a good time to sell. <laughs> but it actually is true because you will gain those prices and you will get the property you want. Stav, you're still seeing that at, oh, at your auctions, yeah. that extra hundred grand or two look, or three? <laughs> look, I am. And there's many reasons. I've never seen so many first home buyers out there. And one thing really? about first home buyers is that they've got such strong confidence. Now, I remember my parents when they had a mortgage and you know when they immigrated to this country, they'd been through depression and poverty and they would always worry about if it was a 30-year loan, they would really, you know, I'll pay it off by the time I'm 60 or 65. These young kids today, they're not worried about paying it off by the time they're 60 because they're going to move within five to six years. Mm. They're going to take the equity, use it as a stepping stone and move on. But one thing I am seeing at the moment, and I was in Byron Bay recently after Eric to go and visit my daughter and I was, I was seeing the, the migration of the whales and it got, and then I watched a couple of documentaries and I thought, this is Australia at the moment. There's this internal migration. We could be in Africa, this internal migration, people that are here want to be there and because this is what COVID's done. They want to move and get into a position where they can raise their family, um, be whether it's self-sustained. You talked about Red Hill. I've sold a few properties down on the peninsula and people are buying down there because they want to be self-sustained. They want to get away from the world. 
and we're seeing a huge internal migration. Now, the auctions, I know 24 hours is about right, average days on market, 24 hours, maybe seven seven days, God forbid. But you know what? I'm, I'm trying, because I'm an auctioneer, I'm trying to say to my people, literally, it's not a race. Get it ready, get it on the market, yep. create the competition, and competition is what breaks records in the swimming pool. So if we can get people in there, you get the extra hundred grand. If you get people competing against each other, you get the extra hundred grand. Because one thing, people want their Saturdays back, Jane. Yes. And if they don't buy, guess what? We'll see them next week. They may not want to see us. So we really encourage them to you know, put in their best offer, their best bid. And we're finding that at the moment. Yep. Now, Ray, I just wanted to go back to, say, 2019 when you at First National launched a comprehensive package of marketing designed to communicate with the, quote, social media generation. I mean, you did talk about the downside of us all being plugged into social media, especially younger people. But sort of take me back to that moment, which now is just second nature. I mean, I bought a property in the country. I'd wake up at 4am, couldn't sleep and would be there emailing agents via a real estate portal, something I never would have thought to do 10 years prior. I would walk to a real estate agent, look in the window, perhaps walk in and get a brochure. How much did things change and that period for First National Real Estate where you realised you had to meet people where they were on social media and market to them in a way that they were receptive? you know, recepting of as opposed to the old traditional means of marketing real estate? It's a very good question. And yes, the the world has changed and um, consumers and the average person now wants to be communicated in a way they want to do it. Um, that's why large organisations and large brands are failing because they haven't adapted to the way the world has changed. So if you're not communicating to me the way I want to be communicated to, I have no interest. Ask anyone under the age of 25 what the six o'clock news is and you just, get a, you just get a blank look. Yet it used to be the staple of everyone's shut up, turn everything off, sit yes. down, we're turning on the six o'clock news. It was like the Bible. You, you had to read it. Now it's, it's, it's not even consideration. So the daily newspapers, um, the, the shop specials, the newsletters, all those sorts of things, I will choose the way I want to be communicated to. And for whatever reason at the moment, that is social media. If you're not playing in social media, you're sitting, you're swimming in the kiddies pool, not in the adults pool. And uh, we've been working very hard at our organisation last four or five years to make sure we communicate exactly like that. So today it's Facebook, but people under 30 now see Facebook as per se, per se. Um, whether it's Instagram, whether it's a whole range of things. Um, we have a whole set of programs. Every organisation like to think that they lead the world in technology, um, but a couple of products we have actually are the case because it actually means if you are searching for information on a certain type of, not necessarily property, but I'm choosing to get uh, married, I need to get divorced, I've got more kids, I've only renovate or whatever, we will send you information out based on mm-hmm. that topic. We will find you. There's nothing sinister about that. That's just a, that's just the way of the world. And therefore... People generally in the buying cycle now are searching information to allow them to make a decision and then they source out the expert. And the local real estate agent is the expert. Um, So when they come to us, they already have a whole range of information. And our program is designed to make sure they get the information from us. So when they search out the local expert, they search out us because social media can be a valuable tool for business. Uh, it can be a dangerous tool for personal lives and all those sorts of things because 98% of what's on social media is personal opinion. 
And I use, like to say 100% of that is usually wrong. So don't, don't get away from Dr. Google. Go and see your doctor. But in providing business information, it's, uh, so our, our strategy, we called it the out there strategy, which is not necessarily the, the world-beating phrase, but it was we need to get the information how the local real estate agent is the best person to speak to. You can be online to buy a dress. You can be online to buy shoes and all those sorts of things. But if you're sourcing good information to help you making a, a very informed buying and selling decision, your local real estate agent is the person. And that came to the fore during COVID times because we had to do this mm. online, all those sorts of things. So if you want to know about town planning, rental returns, yields, is this a good place to buy, time to buy – get the information on social media, but then talk to the local real estate agent because they have all that information. Mm. And that's been a very positive thing that's come out in COVID times, the power of the local real estate agent. Look, and I've got to agree with that because many years ago when I started in real estate, it was really, uh, and it was more of a relationship-based prospecting that we used to do where now, you know, Ray, we see a lot of more geographical-based prospecting. So agents actually are geographical agents. They're not so much relationship agents. Uh, so they work at certain pocket, whether it's Caram Downs or whether it's Red Hill or where, wherever it is, they're experts in that area. And it's really important to really reach out to your real estate agent. So Ray, would you have some advice? We, we need to let you go. You're a very busy man, but um, would you have some advice for an agent, an owner? I mean, we know most real estate agencies are small businesses yep. in Australia who are feeling a bit overwhelmed by this. They're going, oh, Ray, I respect what you're saying. I absolutely know I need to unearth that Facebook password login and get my agency on Instagram. Like if someone's not necessarily a digital native and, and under 30 and growing up with this technology, what would your advice be for someone who knows they need to embrace this? It's just feeling a little bit daunted by the task. <laughs> well, I speak on this all the time and my advice would be don't do it and welcome to bankruptcy. You know, it's, 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 it's that simple. If you, if you say it's a young person's world or that's not for me or that won't work in this town or whatever, all you're saying is I'm inviting bankrupts into my door. Um, so embrace it. And if you don't know how to do it, there's a 19-year-old working in your business that would love to do it for you. Um, get off your high horse, give them the power to do it and let them do it and they'll do it well for you because they were born with an iPad in their crib. And they've, they've lived with this their whole lives. And it is, it is the norm. You know, they're not interested in what a fax machine was or what a postage stamp yeah. is or those sorts of things. So don't worry about how the world has changed. The world has changed to make your business better. The world has changed to make your business easier. And you can set yourself apart from your competition by doing it. So don't be afraid. You don't have to understand it. Understand the outcomes, and the outcomes is you'll have a viable business, you'll have happy staff, you'll have happy customers, and you'll have new consumers coming to your door. If you don't want that, don't do it. There's always someone younger, faster, yeah. quicker. If you don't want to adapt, they'll take your position. So yeah. I, I, I have got one little secret I'd like to confess, if that's okay, Jane, if we've got time. Yes. Ray, my first job was in real estate, and I, I started in uh, on the 15th of April, 1991, for a guy called Alf Talon. Yes, and he was down first, at Hastings. He was, and he was first national. Yep. He was my first ever boss, and uh, and I was PA to Ben Talon. Yep. And uh, you'd probably know those two gentlemen Correct. very, yep. very well. Yep. Um, now- I speak to a lot of my team and say, look, when we started, we did this and we have a bit of a laugh on certain things that we used to do. Is there something we used to do 30 years ago that's not done again today? And I don't want to hear about the pleats and the double-breasted suits. No. or What can you remiss from 30 years ago? I'll just give you one. Alf, unfortunately, has passed away and Ben had some yes. tragedy in his life. Yes. But uh, my favourite lasting memory of Alf, due to our computer system, we sent him a bill 
15 years ago for four cents. <laughs> and he, 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 he taped the four cents to the envelope and sent it back to me and said, sorry, I didn't do it. So that was a computer <laughs> error. But um, the one thing, and again, I, I, I panel this all the time and I'll, I'll do it exactly as I yeah. say it. Pick up the phone. Yep. Um, we are so scared of the phone. We are so scared of talking to people because we can SMS, we can email, we can mass mail out and, do, and it seems like we've done lots of stuff. No, pick up the phone. I, I'm a different generation yourself, but when I started in, in my industries, um, when I pick up the phone and called someone, I was one of a thousand people calling them. Now, if I pick up the phone and call someone, I'm one of one. So if you're not allocating at least an hour a day to being on the phone to talking to people, again, welcome to bankruptcy. So it's a very good question, Stavros, because it's the we have so many systems, we mm. have so much great social media, all that does is put you in contact with more people. Mm. If you then use the time to actually go and see them or speak to them on the phone and like, oh, you're the only person that's called me. Mm. Everyone else has sent me ten emails of which I haven't read, but you've called mm. me. So and Elf would agree with that, oh, all those sorts of he things. Was a great Teacher. Yep, and that's and that's a very good question. Well, and now I have to apologise for only emailing you to ask you about this issue because I was worried that, who am I? If I just called Ray, I was from First National. No. But now we've met in person, um, hopefully we can get you back on the show one day. Ray, it's been an absolute pleasure and I think that's a really good note to, to sort of finish off. Pick up the phone. We're wired for communication. Let's get mm. out there and do just that. It's what we all want in our lives, isn't it? Thank you, and thank you for the opportunity to be here, and all the best of luck, and good luck this weekend, Stavros. It's another super Saturday in Melbourne. And that was Ray Ellis, yes, the CEO of the First National Real Estate Network. So great to have Ray on the show. And if you want to follow him up, all the usual channels, including firstnational.com.au on the website. Now, Stav, just before we go, we were actually uh, texting a little bit during mm. the week. Celebrity Apprentice, you're obsessed. And look, I'm feeling pretty pumped after that conversation with Ray yeah. about business <laughs> in general and, you know, mentoring and yeah. just finding those people to communicate with, get that advice from. But we need to send a shout out to the wonderful Shana Blaze. Now, yeah. I also host a podcast with Shana called Homestyle with mm -hmm. Shana Blaze. Thanks to Red Energy, wonderful uh, sister company to mm. our sponsors, Direct Connect. Why did you love the Celebrity Apprentice as a real estate businessman so much? And why were you so thrilled that Shana won? Look, I'm going to confess, if we go back a few episodes of uh, Under the Hammer, you'll hear me saying, I watched last night. It was a Sunday night and I watched it. Uh, and what got me hooked was Shana. I thought she was impressive. She um, she was all about being a human being again, not not just human doing. You know, she was caring. She was kind. She was thoughtful. So it got me really thinking that good guys do you know don't come last. They they can win. And I think she was one of the good guys in there. And I loved her the way she just communicated with her team, looked after her team. Look, she did have the gun to her head a few times with going um, up, I think, seven times uh, with Lord <laughs> Sugars. Uh, but look, congratulations, Shana. I actually watched the show because of you. And I actually said this to you, you know, what, six weeks ago. So there you go. Yeah. And I think, um, Shana, wonderful to see that her very newly formed charity, Voice of Change AU on Instagram, uh, which is existing to basically mm. help change yeah. the landscape through the arts when it comes to family violence mm -hmm. in Australia. I think she is going to do remarkably well with mm. the messages she's getting out there after 
pocketing nearly half a million dollars in prize money yeah. and donations for the cause. So I'll put links in the show notes yes. to this episode if you would like to listen to Homestyle with myself and Shana Blaze. It's a fortnightly mm. podcast about design. But, uh, yeah, great to have her in our podcast yeah. family and doing so well. And we got so emotional. I, I got emotional and then I didn't want to be a spoiler alert, so I didn't want to tell you the result. No. So I made sure... And then when you saw the result, you were quite uh, blub- oh, blubbery as well. It is. It's yeah. really great to see, like you said, good people yeah. really succeeding. Well, this has been Under the Hammer and uh, links in our show notes to contact Stav, the first national team as well. We must thank Ray Ellis. And if you would like to send us a question, send us some feedback, let us know what's happening in your part of the real estate world, you can do that via the email podcast at sen.com.au and a huge thank you to the team at Direct Connect. Look, it is a pretty overwhelming time for many Mm. real estate agents, for property managers. The team at Direct Connect can help you. They can help to ease some of those little burdens. Stav, I mean, there's a lot of stuff that's involved in helping people move homes and selling houses. Direct Connect can help you out, can't they? Yeah, look, they're they're really your virtual assistant. They can actually handle everything on the side, all your moving, your electricity, your gas, even your water. So they can connect uh, all that for you and disconnect it from where where you're leaving. Make sure all those little annoying things that can happen when you move into a home are taken care of. You can call the team at Direct Connect on 1300 664 715 to see how they can benefit you and your team. And we do thank them for supporting us here on Under the Hammer. Stav, I know you're going to be busy, but we'll chat to you soon. See you later. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening to Under the Hammer for Direct Connect. Direct Connect is a free service making moving easy for you. Call them today on 1300 664 715. It's Shana Blaze here. Join me on my podcast, Homestyle. We provide the ideas and inspiration you need for your home, DIY design projects and expert advice. Red Energy's podcast lifestyle series, available from wherever you get your podcasts and the SEN app.